Yeah, welcome to the Indie Investor Speakeasy, where a couple of us just kind of hang out, drink bourbon, and kind of talk indie investing. And we'll have some guys from out of state talk about their business as well. I'm Brooks. I'm originally from Maryland, and now a transplant in Indy. Moved out here in around 2018. Nick, I'm a California transplant, turned Hoosier here in 2020. I'm Randy. I've been living in the Indy area since 2011. And we are Indian investors with hundreds of properties across all of our experience. We're hoping that we can help you in a real estate journey here in Indianapolis, Indiana, or... Uh, we're going to go over some of our backgrounds here uh, in these first couple episodes. Nick, myself, and Randy. Um, this time it's Randy's turn. Uh, today we'll be interviewing him. So Randy, tell us a little bit about your background. And how you kind of got into real estate and down here into the Indianapolis area. Yeah, I mean, um, I graduated college in December of 2010. And um, that was down in Terre Haute, Indiana. I just knew that I did not want to stay there. Um, much opportunity there. Uh, job market was a little tough at that time. So I figured the you know, next best thing was to move to the capital of Indiana. And um, just kind of moved to Indianapolis. No job in um, so like I said, I, uh, have a finance degree, but no one was really hiring at the time. So I got into sales by joining, uh, a roofing company and kind of went door to door, uh, kind of storm chased all that stuff, but I was really young, good money. So I didn't mind it at all. Uh, but if anyone knows anything about that industry, it's really, uh, um, filled with a lot of shaky people <laughs> and, uh, long story short, that job only lasted about a year and a half. Um, so then after I kind of uh, quit that job, I really didn't know what I wanted, but I needed to make money somehow so I could pay my rent. So I just, whatever, whatever a typical 23 year old would do, I would school and I said, how do you make money fast? And uh, first thing that popped up, well, a couple of things popped up, but one of the things that stood out to me was, uh, real estate wholesaling. And I'm pretty sure it was basically just a late coaching program, uh, you know, landing page, whatever it was, but it caught my attention in the link. Um, and then we signed up for this like day seminar, how to learn how to wholesale and flip homes. Um, the thing I, I didn't have any experience or money at that time to get into homes, but I liked the idea of working for yourself. Um, and just learning sales from the roofing company. I really liked that sales aspect of, of that role. So. Um, I basically two day seminar and then a buddy of mine said, Hey, let's try this wholesale thing since you don't have to really any money out of your pocket. Um, and nothing about to analyze properties, what properties could rent for. I was basically just, um, you know, winging it and hoping that I can do a deal. It took me months to a first deal. Uh, so, so I done it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Get rich quick. <laughs> I was impression that I could probably do a deal the next day. That's what happened to me. Um, definitely what we, but a lot of it had to do with me not really knowing what to do. Um, so did that, uh, deal. And then that was for one years. Uh, and then I realized after making connection, uh, from buyers and agents that I would try to sell them. Mention your real estate license if you really want to kind of learn and take this to the next level. So, being uh, 
almost a yes man to a lot of things. I'm like, sure, let's do it. So got my license in 13. Um, from there, I pushed the wholesale stuff aside and the route would be your traditional real estate. So, uh, you know, listing home, new buyers on showings, you know, open houses. So generally for homeowners, not for like, yeah. investors or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't really touch the investing space at all, which I really regret to this day. I, I should stay in that niche. I just didn't know. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how powerful and, and how much business you could do work with, you know, beat up homes. So, uh, from 2013, uh, probably 2017, 18, um, I was just in the, in the realtor space. Uh, and was was good at it. I enjoyed it. Uh, one thing I didn't enjoy so much about it was the emotional aspect of every transaction. Uh, when buyers miss out on loan or buyers, you know, freaks them out and they want to cancel. Uh, it just, it was a lot of work uh, and time put into each transaction to sometimes never pay and never close a deal. So, um, end of 2018, I... I've decided, hey, I know how I got into real estate. I now what I know, I think I could be a wholesaler again and know how to comp properties now, um, have experience in my belt. Uh reach back out to one of uh my connections I made in the beginning and uh that was another company here in uh the Indie area. At that time they were looking to bring on a new uh disposition manager and Again, didn't even think about it. I said, yep, I'll do it. Sign me. Uh, so I transferred my license over to them um, and basically just took over selling their wholesale properties to off-market cash buyers, but also, uh, you know, agents that cash buyers as well. If I interject here real quick, clarifying for everybody here who might not be familiar, what is the difference between wholesaling and like traditional state transactions? Well, necessarily no. We understand that distinction. Yeah, for the most part, um, anyone doing a wholesale transaction, um, those are usually going to be off-market deals where you reach out to a seller, their property under contract, and then you're going to that contract and try to sell it a cash buyer close. Uh, and that's via an assignment. So that's how the wholesaler makes money. Uh, they get a property or a contract for a hundred grand. They're going to sign it to another cash buyer for a hundred and ten, over and ten grand, a uh, different, um, very fast pace. Um, and typically there's no inspections. Uh, and it's really a cash deal on the flip side, a retail transaction, uh, will list their home for sale. Obviously there's going to be real estate agents involved. The buyer that comes and represented by another agent. And then you're going to have to go traditional inspections. Um, most of the time, you're going to get some sort of financing. So that will have to be appraised. And all that stuff has to clear out for that deal the closing. So wholesale, the wholesale deal usually takes, you know, seven to 14 days on average. And then retails can be like 30 to 45 days for that. Sorry, I interrupted you though. Back to uh, 2018, you've got into the, the whole yeah. Thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I got back into wholesaling for another local company as their disposition manager. I did that for four years um, and lost count after a thousand homes. I sold how many I've done. So, um, 
really grateful for that opportunity because it allowed me to constantly be doing different deals day in and day out, met tons of new connections, people my, um, in my network now that I would have never met before. Um, but had a lot of fun. It was awesome. Um, and then earlier, uh, a couple months ago, decided to, uh, kind of branch out on my own partner here with Brooks. Um, but basically doing the same thing, but just for, for us now, we're not working for someone else. And, um, uh, it's the, the new chapter. So with that in mind, obviously you're following the, the wholesale strategy now. Why, why is that a strategy that you think makes a lot, a lot of sense in the last couple of years? And then like, why, why is that your strategy? It's just personal preference. Um, it's, I mean, wholesale, you can wholesale in any market, obviously. You know, 2021 over the year, there's a lot of people got into wholesaling because everyone was buying homes. You know, money was cheap. Um, but I just enjoy that part of it because I like I like making deals work. I like this. It's, it's the thrill of a you know, deal together for someone like Nick, like you, who wants to buy a house and or hold that, or but basically help you along your way, or whoever wants to buy from us, help them along their way. Of, you know, long -term goal. That's something that excites me. Uh, talking to the sellers, I uh, hear some lot of interesting stories. Uh, some good, some bad, but uh, it's just thrill of uh, you know making something out of nothing, pulling a deal out of thin air that was never there before, uh, and when when my my read. Gotcha. Another strategy you like to implement as well besides wholesale. Myself, um, I have as much experience as Brooks and Nick, but, you know, for myself, I just, you know, I like to keep it simple, um, uh, for any rentals that cash flow in this market, I don't kind of, Good yeah, kind of tough, but, um, I like to play the long-term game, um, that I did learn a few years back, uh, that I would probably like to get into myself would be buying home to, basically create my own note to a buyer and basically seller finance that deal. Then um, a lot of people right now can't buy for a market. And I think right now the market, that, that market is actually going to be a really base to be in. Um, so buying a home for cash and then seller financing it to a buyer right away and just making that very, very passive income. The, the, the deed is in their name. I mean, no, no more being a landlord. It's just that much. I think that's something that's, that's worth to be into a little bit in the anatomy of the deal. Like, it could be really, really cool. So, buy a house, potentially cap, potentially financing it. Oh, you, you take possession of that home. Mm -hmm. You then sell that home to somebody else. And you then act as the bank. They can't qualify traditionally. They can't qualify with their local bank. You qualify them. Of these eight percent, the current rate is you might charge. 10, 12 percent, a little yeah. bit higher of a rate, uh, can get into a home building equity. Yeah. Your return there is between whatever that standard rate is and the rate that you're charging, addition to whatever profit you made on sale for 100 and you sold it for 120 and you made $20,000. Early here, am I missing anything? No, um, that's pretty spot on. So, yeah, I mean, ideally uh, for our market, Best kind of like sweet spot to be in deals like that or buying a home anywhere between uh, 50 to 80 
and then selling that to someone who's going to buy it between 100 to 100. But they're putting, you can put anywhere between 30 to 50% down. I know it sounds like a lot, but um, I mean, they have the cash. So it's in a situation where they have cash, they're very cash heavy. Um, they just can't get a mortgage. Maybe they don't have, you know, all the citizenship docs or their credit's really bad. Whatever reason, they can't go to a bank and get mortgage. They're willing to put that money down and also pay a 12% interest rate because this is their only way to get home ownership. Now, when they buy a home like that, they're going to sit up so they increase the value of that home for themselves. So it's really a win-win for them as well because if they were go to refinance, um, they would have no problem having it appraised higher than what they bought it for, cash us out, and then that lower rate. But until then, um, you know, they kind of they're okay. It's a it's a really really cool. And then if you want to get kind of deeper into that, hold on to that note as the investor or the bank, um, or there's another world where you can sell that note to note buyers and basically get ninety to ninety percent of your money back. Uh, so you're still making a lot of money and basically just flipping notes that. That's, yeah, that's that's uh, that's another deep dive for another episode. On top of that, you don't even have to worry about anything that goes wrong in that house. Now is not your your responsibility anymore. The buyer at that point defaults. I mean, the house just comes right back to you. Yeah, it comes right back to us. And then, like the vetted part's not hard at all. We just um, can just get third party um, underwriter, just the mortgage loan originator. Fill an application, show support of income docs, and they'll approve them. And then it's another strategy that I know that we've talked about on top of the wholesaling, which is kind of another, I guess, 2.0 on top of the wholesaling is wholesaling. That's a strategy that you told me that you liked a lot as well. And one that Randy have actually done as well. So we can talk about that a little bit more as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tailing um, is basically uh, taking that wholesale kind of style uh, transaction, but you actually buy the house instead of assigning that house or assigning that contract to a buyer. You're going to take that house and anything as little as just clean it out and paint all the interior walls white. Basically, you want you know as, as little money as possible into that property and just go around and just uh, flip it and put it right back on the market. Um, the reason that we do that is because there's not a, sometimes there's not a lot of homes that are good enough of a wholesale where someone needs to make a spread, you know, when I buy that enterprise. However, there's people that will buy it who live and they're okay with buying a home that may need between ten to $20,000 worth of work they can do on their own. And again, they'll, when they do that, they'll increase that equity. But yeah, wholesaling in a nutshell is just actually the title, uh, cleaning it out, listing it, uh, and so on. Awesome. I know there's a couple other strategies we want to go into, but those were kind of the main ones. Um, um, so on top of that, I guess, what was your biggest mindset? Did you realize that you went into it a little bit from, the retail side, getting back into the investing side, but what was that mindset shift that kind of was your aha moment to uh, 
to dive back into the investing. After I learned how like the ins and outs of just how real estate transactions work, and I saw property values go up every year, uh, I, I just I thought there was a lot of opportunities to do really good deals where they can almost get initiated. So and I, I just thought about how many how many leads I probably passed up at real estate because there were like homes that needed work when I list that because I don't want to deal with the inspection. Well, that could have been a great wholesale deal for somebody's. I kind of look back at where the market was going, going up. There was still a lot of homes that needed sitting out there. So I was like, this could be kind of an easy play there. Awesome. What is your biggest mistake made so far in your journey? Oh, I would, I mean, so I'm not too, I don't have too many stories on the personal side. I would just say just buying properties. Um, always, I got it in 2003 year, the market. And I, I mean, I've just, so never had the mindset of, Hey, this, you know, the market could turn around in any, cause I just never, um, but when it did, you know, towards the end of 2022, I would definitely, Handling a lot of properties that we bought way too high that we uh, and then we just either broke even on them or, or fortunately took some losses on them. So that would say that would be the biggest mistake that personally been. Or I think we've all made made that mistake before. If you haven't, you're going to at some point. I mean, you gotta constantly pay attention now where that market's going. There's a lot of the you know, have to make sure that you're not going to, you know, make that purchase. And just see where rates are going and see if homes are sitting or are they selling, what price point. Uh, yeah. I never really thought about that. So that was kind of a crazy time there for a little while. What would you say? And we talked about what you're doing now. Or what are some of your long-term goals here? Investing field in the Indianapolis market. Yeah, so um, I bought a few rentals um, here in Indy. Um, slowly going to transition um, that. Uh, just, I like to invest in where I live, and I, I don't have in Indy, but I mean like the community where I spend most of my time. So I live in a small town just north of Indianapolis. And I would like to start, you know, provide, providing housing out there for people that need places to rent. Um, wouldn't mind getting into maybe some stuff out there as well. Um, uh, you know, into those business, business buildings, uh, you know, multifamily. There's some small, like eight to 10 unit buildings out there. We'll like my hands on some of that. But, um, I think I would get better joy on seeing what my investments are doing for somebody like if, if they're in my, um, so that's kind of like my short and long global one, but now we're ahead. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a really good starting point here to, uh, to understand where you're at, what you're, uh, you're looking to be doing. And I'm sure you'll be on several of these here in up to distant future. Um, yeah, I'd love to, um, uh, knocking out some shows here. Sounds good. Uh, with that, we'll kind of end this one here. Um, 
And if he's looking to reach out to you, Randy, where can they find you? Know, hold it. Yeah, um, email invest at Randy at or Fantastic. For anyone looking for a real estate community to answer their questions or for anything like that, feel free to reach out to me, Nick at offleashinvestments.com. Look forward to uh, helping everybody here. Look forward to uh, catching you on the next one.